Good morning, friends. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Wisdom Heart. Today we shall be reading from Galatians 5, verse 13. Galatians 5, 13. You, my brothers, we are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. I read it again. Galatians 5, 13. You, my brothers, we are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So today we are talking about the end of your freedom, the end of your freedom. Yes, we are truly called to freedom in Christ. We have freedom from sin, freedom from the workings of the kingdom of darkness, freedom from the sinful nature we were born with. Salvation in Christ guarantees you and I total freedom. However, we must remember what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, reading from verse 9 to 12. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights or freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, wouldn't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge when you sin against them in this way and you wound their conscience. You sin against Christ. So we have to be careful. You have to be careful. However, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. Did you see that? You are free in Christ. I am free in Christ. But we are cautioned to know that our freedom, our exercise of your freedom in Christ should not become a stumbling block. What does this mean? It simply means that your freedom in Christ has, quote-unquote, its limits. That limit is actually the conscience of another brother, the conscience of another sister, who may be weaker in faith, as we say, or younger in faith. So whereas you're eating certain food, Dressing in particular ways or doing certain things may not be sinful at face value, but, and it's a very big but, you must realize that we have to consider the faith and the conscience of others. So the end of your freedom as a child of God, the end of my freedom as a child of God is determined on several levels by the conscience of a weaker brother or sister, the conscience of a younger brother or sister. And this is why Paul concluded in 1 Corinthians 18, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 13. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to fall. Did you see that? Paul talking in 1 Corinthians 8, 13 says, therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to fall. Now, it is not simply talking about food. It is a principle that Apostle Paul is establishing, a principle that reminds me, that reminds you to realize that freedom in Christ, to do as we wish, is actually underscored by a caveat. And what is that caveat? The caveat is that we must not cause others to sin by exercising our freedom in Christ. So think about your lifestyle, think about your conduct at work, at home, within the larger society, even at church. 
and know that you cannot really do, you cannot really say, you cannot really eat or drink or even dress as you want as a person. If it's going to be an occasion or a reason for a weaker or younger Christian to fall. I want you to look again at 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 8 to 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 8 to 10. It says, But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge, did you see that all your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, does that person, wouldn't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So remember, this is not just talking about food. It is laying a ground rule for our conduct. It is laying a ground rule for our general lifestyle. So what are the things you permit as a person? What are the things you do as a quote and unquote mature Christian? Because of the knowledge you think you have of God. It is important to realize that there is a weaker, a younger Christian who is still coming up in the faith, who may copy that habit, copy that conduct, copy that lifestyle, hook, line, and sinker, and it may eventually lift, lead to the fall of such an individual. So let's be mindful, as Apostle says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Not just to you now, but to those who are silently looking up to you as one who knows better in the Christian faith. Again, we look at Romans chapter 14, verse 1 to 5. Look with me, Romans 14, 1 to 5. It says, Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows him to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge another one and someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Did you see that? So Romans chapter 14 verse 1 to 5 further cautions us to be mindful of others. We must not be judgmental or have a spiritual superiority complex where because we feel we have freedom in Christ, we look on others who are careful in their lifestyle or we should not have that holier-than-thou attitude that makes us separate ourselves from other Christians who we feel are living permissive lives. So there are two extremes. The extreme of being so permissive, living so permissively that everything is okay and you wonder why others cannot just flow and eat as you are eating, drink as you are drinking, dress as you are dressing, or the other extreme where you are so holy that you separate from others on account of what they eat, how they dress, you know, how they speak. These two extremes we are being warned about. So there are three things we need to note. The first thing we have to note is from Romans chapter 14 verse 5. And that is the fact that everyone should be fully convinced in their mind concerning any lifestyle 
any conduct. Don't just follow people to do what they, they are doing. Don't follow people to live how they are living. Be fully persuaded in your mind about the way you live, about your conduct, about the way you dress. Be fully persuaded. That's what Romans chapter 14 verse 5 is saying. So every one of us should be fully con convinced concerning any lifestyle, any conduct that we are living out. Number two is the fact that whatever we do, however we live, we should do everything for the glory of God. Everything should be done for the glory of God. And that is what we see in Romans chapter 14 verse 6. He said, whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. Did you see that? So whatever you do, however you choose to live, remember that it should be for God's glory. Number three, God is the judge. That's what the Bible is telling us in Romans chapter 14, verse 4. Who are you to judge another person's servant? So you must remember as you continue in your Christian race that God is the judge and that he is able to make each and every one of us to stand firm to the end. And indeed, God will help us to stand. So today, I want you to note that you are free in Christ, but the end of your freedom is the conscience of another person. So let's live carefully, let's live wisely, and above all, let's watch our lives to make sure that we are serving others in love by restraining our freedom from being the reason that another child of God will stumble. Today I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will bless this word in your heart and cause it to bear fruit to his glory as we live our lives in freedom freedom that is mindful of others mindful of those who are looking up to us as examples in the faith this is so very important because we don't want to give mixed messages by our lifestyle we don't want to confuse others and we want god to be truly glorified as we imitate christ so that others may imitate us all things being done in love all things being done in the fear of god all things being done by the leading of the Holy Spirit and all things being done for the glory of God our Father. Hallelujah. All things being done to the glory of God our Father. Always praise the Lord. I thank you for listening. Kindly share with your friends and family and until we, we come your way again, the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace forever. Amen. May your day truly be blessed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, friends. Welcome to another episode of Wisdom Heart. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are hearing us from. Today we are looking at the topic, Spirit-led, Spirit-led. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, reading from verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, 
You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. I take it again. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Jump to verse 12. Verse 12 says, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. But if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Our emphasis, verse 14. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Did you see that? The key indicator that you and I are children of God, are sons of God, is that we are led by the Spirit of God. In this year, 2022, I want to bring this instruction you know, to the forefront, to the front burner of your life and living. That in this year, 2022, we have to live lives that are led by the Spirit of God. Because as sons of God, as daughters and sons of God, God puts it clearly to us that being led by His Spirit is a clear indication that we belong to Him. And there are examples of leaders in the spirit from which we can derive, you know, our learning. We can derive instruction. We are led by the spirit because we are sons of God. We have an obligation to the spirit of God, not to the carnal human nature. Let's look at some examples. Go with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. I'm reading from verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phagia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter Bethania, but the Spirit of Christ would not allow them to. So they passed by Messiah and went to Thrace. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul has seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave to Macedonia, concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel to them. So you can see from this reading that the Holy Spirit forbade Paul and his companions from going to a new city, Bethania, to preach. I mean, you would have assumed that since the vision, the focus was to preach the word of God, you know, that you can just assumptuously go to any city. But that is not how we should live our lives as children of God. We cannot be assumptuous. We cannot be presumptuous. We cannot feel that, okay, so I've done this thing before. Maybe God still wants me to continue. You have to stop and listen. We don't know how Paul received the instruction not to enter. But something is clear. In that verse 7, it says they tried to enter, but... The Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. And I'm asking you this morning, are you trying to enter something? Enter a relationship, enter a business, enter a contract, enter a new job, enter, you know, something. And the Spirit of Christ is striving with you and forbidding you to enter. Remember that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, 
they were sons of God. And for Paul and his companion, they obeyed and they went to another city. So it is not just about, you know, doing things for the sake of doing. It's listening to know that which is the will of God and agreeing to be withheld from that which God, who knows the future, would, you know, forbid you to go into. So he forbade them from entering that city. And at the same time, he opened their eyes to see, Paul's eyes to see a vision of a man asking for help. So we can see that God who also forbids, also allows. Are you in touch with the Holy Spirit to even know how he speaks to you? It's not clear here in the first instance how they were instructed not to enter. In the second one, we saw that he had a vision. So God speaks to us in many ways, but you have to be sure that it is the Lord. And that will come through your dealings with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you. You learning to hear, to listen, to obey at every junction of your life, in your daily activities. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Go with me to Acts chapter 10. Let's look at another example, Acts chapter 10. So we're in Acts chapter 10, we're reading 19 to 20. Acts 10, 19 to 20. It says, While Peter was thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you are looking for. Why have you come? And the men replied, We have come from Colonius the Centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to come, to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. Now, this is another instance of the Holy Spirit leading a child of God. He told him, three men are waiting for you. And when Peter went downstairs, he found it to be so. Some of us say that God is leading us, but there is no correlation between what we say God said and what is happening. God is not spurious. If God is leading you, there will be confirmations. People will see the evidences. People will see that there is a tie-in to what God is saying and what is happening. Peter didn't just stand up and go. There was a vision preceding that and in confirmation, there were people who came to look for him. This morning, I encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit because he's our leader he knows the end from the beginning. He knows what is ahead. He knows the potholes, the loopholes. He knows the gaps and is here to guide and direct us. My prayer for you this year is that you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Let him lead you in your journeys. Let him lead you in your relationships. Let him lead you on your job. Let him lead you in everything big and small, reason 
as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. I pray that God will bless this word in your heart and cause it to bear fruit a hundredfold. Kindly share with your friends and family. And until we come your way again, this is Wisdom Heart. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace forever. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, may your day be blessed. Amen. Thank you.